0: Open your Bibles once again to Matthew, the 28th chapter, and we're going to continue to teach on the Great Commission. Matthew, the 28th chapter, beginning at verse 18. We thank God for his word because we know that his word brings us life, so we want to receive that life on today. And the word of God reads... And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. You may be seated. I want to say that through this teaching, I believe it's helping every believer that's in this room to learn who you are, learn your new identity, and learn about the Great Commission and how he want us to do it, not how we think it need to be done. So if we open our hearts up and hear what God has to say unto us, we can be effective you know, with the people that are around us concerning his way of being and his way of doing. Um, last week, I had made a statement, and I want to correct something because I didn't bring it out, and I always tell people to um, uh, bring it out so people understand. When I say that Peter, he cursed. Let me break that down because I didn't break it down. When it says that Peter cursed, it means that Peter was denying Jesus And when he denied Jesus and um, those three times, he was swearing upon himself. That's what that means. He was saying, let something come down upon me if I know the man. So I want to break that down because when you don't break things down, people go out and say, she's saying Peter done this, so I'm breaking it down. Go look in your Greek. For that word, when it said what he did, and you will understand, which I knew that, but I didn't break it down. So this is what we have to do when we're teaching. When the Holy Spirit or somebody remind you about it, you would think, well, I taught it before, so they should know what I'm saying. But everybody wasn't in here when I taught it. It could have been at Clem or whatever. So I try to make things plain so the enemy won't come in and attack me, or, you know, bring an attack, because, you know, people can get arrogant. Amen? So let's continue this teaching. As I was going back through this teaching, God was showing me more, even in this teaching. So when I got to the part again, when it says, then came Jesus to them and said, so we uh, determined that Jesus was talking about his followers. He was talking about his disciples. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a pupil. It's a learner of Jesus Christ. So they were following him to learn from him. And we determined that when we follow him, we determined in Luke 9 23 that it says, he said to all, if any person will come after me, that means to follow me. Let him deny himself, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests, and and refuse and give up himself. So when we look at denying ourselves, that means that we're crucifying our flesh, actually. We're crucifying what? you know, we want to do, because when you follow him, it's not about you no more. It's not about what you want to do. It's not about where you want to go. It's not about who you want to be with. You are living a life for Christ now. It's not about how you feel. It's about him. We're, we're, this is the great commission. So he said, you got to deny yourself. You got to lose interest in yourself, and you got to take up your cross and follow me. That means when you put your hand to a plow, he said, if you put your hand to a plow and you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. In the natural, when, you know, people are plowing a field, if they don't keep looking straight ahead, it's going to be off. It's not going to be right because their focus is not on, you know, looking straight ahead. It's looking at other things. So when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we look to him now. We're forgetting, you know, ourselves. We are losing interest in what we want to do. How can I lose interest in what I want to do if I have done it for so long? And the way we do it is the closer we get to him, the more we have fellowship with him. We're not interested in the things that we used to do. Or the things that we want to do. Why? Because I have developed my relationship with him so much. That it doesn't. I don't get offended like I used to. I'm not the same person I used to be. Because my life now is in Christ. That's why he said. Therefore if any man be in Christ. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold all things have become new. So I'm not looking at that old life. That old sin nature. I'm looking at the new life that's in me, that's in Christ Jesus, but I will not know anything about that new life if I'm not taught about that new life. That's what Jesus was doing with those disciples. He was teaching them the way of the kingdom. That's why when he came forth, he said, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. What was he saying? He said, have a change of mind. Their mindsets had to get changed. Why? Because Jesus was bringing the kingdom. He was bringing a new way of being and a new way of doing. Why? Because the world was so used to the world's way of doing. See, when you stay, when you're in the world for so long and nobody is introducing you to God's way, you think that's the only way. And that's the way you're going to follow. This is why even with our children, even before we accepted Christ, I believe some of us were in homes where our parents taught us what was right and what was wrong. Even when they wasn't saved, they knew not to kill. They knew not to lie. They knew not to steal. They knew all of these things, but yet there was a sin nature in them as well if they didn't accept Jesus. So even though they were telling you what not to do, some of us saw our parents do what they told us not to do. That's because that sin nature, that old man, it drives us to sin when God's commandments come in. When the law come in, that's when sin comes alive. And this is why when you look at people today and you're saying, I don't understand. I didn't raise you that way. It's a sin nature in them, even though they want to do right. They know they need to do right. That nature that's in them compels them to go against what you're telling them to do. That's what that nature is. That's why Jesus had to come and shut it down. And the only way he could do it, he who knew no sin became sin for us. So we can become the righteousness of God in him. So we understand that. We have to lose interest in ourselves in order to carry out what he want us to carry out. Every day we have to remind ourselves, this is not about me. When we get little attitudes, because all of us get attitudes, even me. But that's why we have an helper, which is the Holy Spirit, that checks our attitude. He checks what we say and how we say it. You know, one thing that I have learned, I may say something and, and my tone may not Be the right tone. The Holy Spirit won't let me get away with it. I'm going to be honest with y'all, Christian folk. There is no way that you can be born again and have the Holy Spirit. And he's checking you right then and there. Dealing with a brother or sister or whoever. And you go on about your business like you ain't done nothing. Holy Spirit don't work like that. God is about love. There's no way, even when you're wrong, you check yourself. The Holy Spirit will check you and let you know you were wrong for what you've done. That's why we have the Holy Spirit, because we're different, y'all. Jesus was teaching them the kingdom's way, God's way of doing things, God's way of being. That's why he spent the time going over the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5, Matthew 5. Bless those. Who curse you love those who hate you pray for those who despite all of this is what he taught them he taught them the way to go which is the kingdom way not the world's way which is God's way not the world's way so the more you get in tone with God's way there is no way that you can be the same there's no way because you know and what you're doing is not right You know, said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I couldn't keep it to myself what the Lord has done for me. Y'all, I'm telling you, that's in every area of your life. The Holy Spirit, he's there to convict you of righteousness. He's not there to condemn you. He's there to remind you what the word of God has to say unto you. And that's what we carry out. And that's when that flesh is really being crucified. When you doing what the word of God tells you to do, and this is what Jesus was teaching those disciples. He was showing them the right way, the right way of doing things. So then God took me back um, dealing with followers, being followers of Jesus Christ. And he took me back and he showed me something and how you have to leave everything. He, he reminded me of Abraham. We talk about Abraham so much. Abraham is dead and gone, but Abraham left, left back a testimony, didn't he? He left us something that we can go back and read every time and see what he gave up, you know, for the kingdom. So when God spoke to Abraham, y'all know Abraham, them they were rich. But the things that Abraham family was doing was not right. They were serving other gods. So when God spoke to Abraham, Abraham took heed to that call. And God told Abraham, he said, I want you to leave. Basically, this is what he was saying in Genesis 12. I want you to leave everything that you're familiar with. I want you to leave everybody that you're familiar with. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to leave your father's house. I want you to leave your kindred. He was telling him to leave everything and take up your cross and follow me. So when he said leave everything you familiar with imagine the things that he was familiar with. It was not only his family y'all, he was familiar with his father, he was familiar with you know his kin folks, he was familiar with all these things, but he was familiar with sin as well. Some things in our life that we come so familiar with sin is one. Some of us may have come so familiar with with fornication adultery those are things we get familiar with some things we get familiar with is um it's all about us we get familiar with pride we get familiar with some things that we don't even realize we got familiar with we got to be willing to let go of me myself and I because I teach on me myself and I all the time so we have to get say you know what God it's not about me no more It's not about hear me, see me, be attached to me. God is all about you. So what have you got so familiar with that you feel like it has become a part of you that it's not a problem? See, when people are around you and they have been in the word of God and they have been in fellowship with him, they have been in communion with him, when they come out of fellowship, they know sin. Even when you don't see it on yourself, people that have been in fellowship with him and is close to him, they know that's not God. But the more time you spend with a person, the more time you spend with a thing, you think it's not wrong. I'll give you another example. Everything that God has created is good. Amen. It was very good. But we know when sin came into the world, it contaminated those things. This is why even when we eat certain foods, we don't indulge in those foods because it ain't going to do the body good. We know that just because, you know, you buy a a pack of pork chop, that don't mean that you eat half the pack and give somebody one piece and think that you're going to be okay. Because after a while, your body is going to let you know that's not good. I, I, I can't tolerate this no more. So that body is letting you know by high blood pressure. That body is giving you other symptoms to let you know that ain't good for you. So whatever your body is rejecting is what you don't keep indulging your body with. So this is why whatever you become familiar with is what you think that's good for me. But thank God for Jesus. Because Jesus came. See, God came off his throne. And he took the place as a human being. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. And we supposed to beheld his glory. Amen. So he came down to show us his way of being and his way of doing. And he walked among us in every area of our lives. Jesus demonstrated through his walk. He showed us how to live here on the earth. The way we should be living according to the kingdom. But God began to show me this. He began to take me back to Genesis. And I'm going back here because we know that God created male and female in his image, in his likeness. He said, let us create male and female In our image, in our likeness, meaning that we were going to have his characteristics and also we were going to be spirit beings, male and female, spiritual beings. So God spoke that. Then he said, we're going to give them dominion. And after he gave dominion a right to rule and reign this earth, then he went on and said he blessed them. He blessed them how? He said, I'm going to bless you because I'm going to put my power onto this so you can be fruitful, so you can multiply. So he said, I'm going to bless you so you can be fruitful and multiply. Not only did he do that, he said, I want you to fill this earth. So I want y'all to understand the purpose for a man and a woman is to replenish, is to fill, is to subdue, is to master over God's creation. That was his purpose. Marriage was actually instituted before anything. This is why the enemy is trying to destroy marriages. This is why the enemy don't want a man and a woman to come together. He want man and man and woman and woman because he's trying to self-destruct what God has originally intended to be. This was his um, uh, original intent. This is the way God set it up. And then he went on to say, I'm going to give you everything. Y'all got to check out everything we need is right there in Genesis. God set that up the way it's supposed to be. So then he said, you don't have to worry about clothes. You don't have to worry about what you eat. You don't have to worry about nothing. God set everything up so we could have what we need, y'all. But God said, now I have set this up in the spirit. He said, I do spoke those things that be not as though they were. He said, this is the super right here. This is a spiritual thing. In Genesis 1, he said, now I want to take the spiritual thing and I want to bring it into the natural world. He said, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a man out of the dust of the ground. So he created one man. Y'all check this out. There is one God, but it consists of three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? So he took this one man. And this one man is representing Jesus Christ. Y'all hear me? He took him and he had to put his spirit on natural. He had to blow his breath into that natural man in order for that man to become a living being. So God say now I done put my super on the natural. So now this person is a supernatural being. This person have me living on the inside of him. Not only is that man there, but the woman is there as well. Because I said, I'm going to create male and female. So what God did with that man, first of all, y'all remember how I told you that Jesus, God came down off of his throne and he walked the earth. Guess what Adam had to do? That one man had to walk the earth, but that one man had the body of Christ already with him. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. So that one man, when he was walking the earth, which was Adam, God spoke to Adam. And he told Adam, he said, Adam, he said, every tree that's in this garden, you are freely to eat from. There was a tree of life, which give him life. He would never die. He could eat from that tree. He said, but this tree of knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat from this tree, or you shall surely die. So God was letting him know, you're not going to die a physical death. You're going to die a spiritual death. So God already let him know that my kingdom is about life. But there's another kingdom that's right here in this garden. He was already forewarning. Y'all better understand what I'm saying. God is not going to allow something to happen to you without forewarning you with what's going to happen. So God said, Adam, I'm going to give you a choice. He said, I'm going to give you the right to choose between good and evil. I'm going to give you the right to choose between life and death. I cannot make that choice for you. The only thing I can do is tell you what's going to happen. You can eat from this tree and you can live forever, have life forever, and enjoy everything that I have created, everything that's good. Or you can eat from this tree and you can die spiritually and you have to live in an evil world. So what, what happened? I'm, I'm moving quickly because I want to show you something. So then after God told Adam this, Adam represents Jesus Christ, y'all. He told him this. And when he told him this, he gave him the animals. He told him to name all the animals. And whatever he called those animals, then that would be their name. But God, then he looked. He said, the animals, they have someone beside them. He said, but Adam don't have nobody that's suitable for him. He don't have a helpmate. God knew, my way is not bestiality. It is not for a man to come together with the beast. He said, so I'm going to give Adam somebody that's suitable for him. So what he did, he put Adam to sleep. Eve was already in Adam. See, he had Eve already there. So y'all know Eve come out of Adam from his ribs. She came out from his side, meaning that she walks alongside of him. Meaning that Eve had the same dominion. She had the same right to rule and reign. But the point was, God said, I want you to see your husband as headship. God create headship. So she had to see him as being headship, but they are working together. Jesus is the what? Y'all better catch me. Head of the church. That's why Eve had to see Adam as being headship. Because Jesus is head of the church. It was all about Jesus. Even marriage. It's about Jesus. Because why? I'm going to give you an illustration. Manny and Julia. I need y'all help. Now what I'm going to do with Manny and Julia. Manny I need for you to stand here. Up here at the altar. Yeah you stand there. Julia, do you mind if Joe walk you up here to this altar? Okay, Joe, I need for y'all to start at that door. And Joe is going to walk Julia up here to this altar. I'm I'm dealing with uh, authority too, y'all. I'm dealing with all of this. Remember I said that God want us to disown everything. He want us to leave everything we're familiar with. It's not about us no more. Remember? I'm telling you that. So here is Julia. And let's say Joe is her father. So he's, the father is bringing Julia to her groom. Julia is the bride, right? So when they get here to this, this seat right here, I want y'all to stop. When you get to that seat. So y'all got to understand what God has done, even in marriage. When they get stopped right there. So as I'm standing up here, I'm saying, who gives this woman to be married to this man? Joe say he does. Okay. Now, Manny is going to walk up. Loose her, Joe, and have a seat. He's going to walk up. Come on, Manny. Walk up and get your bride. (laughs) And he's going to bring her back up here to this altar. Stop right there. Understand this. The father did his part. Y'all better catch God. God gave up his only son. Understand what I'm saying? The father released Jesus here on earth, did he not? Okay? Jesus is here on earth waiting for his bride, which is the church. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. But in a marriage, understand this. When Joe said, I do, Julia don't look to Joe no more, her father, her earthly father. She don't look to him for nothing because Manny is the groom. He is the provider. Let me me tell you about my Jesus. Jesus is the one that protects us. Jesus is the one that heals us where we hurt. Jesus is the one that comforts us. Jesus is there to give us everything that we need. Amen. So by Manny standing up here with Julia, he had to leave. I'm going back to God. The Bible says that Adam says, I have to leave my father and my mother and I got the cleave to my wife. So what happens was when God released Jesus down here to the earth, he left his father. Now he got the cleave to the church. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. See, we missing it even in marriage because we don't know how God has set order. So now Julia is looking to him as her protector. She's looking to him as her provider, meaning that Julia said, I don't look to my daddy no more. I don't look to my family no more. I don't look. I look to him. Now, the reason why she can look to Manny, because when two become one, they become one in Christ. See there? She's hidden in him. He's protecting her. He's blocking everything from her. But guess what Manny got to do? Check this out now. This is what Manny does as headship in that family. When Manny go out and get everything, he gives it to Julia to describe it. I'm going somewhere with this. That's why marriages are so messed up because men try to dominate. But in Jesus, we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. So he has given us everything we need to live a life here on earth. So Manny representing Jesus up here standing with Julia, when he get that paycheck, he's trusting Julia with the paycheck to distribute whatever need to take place in that home. Hello, somebody. Y'all didn't catch it? That's how we live heaven here on earth. How can both of them trust each other because they serve in the same God and they know what position they hold in that home? That's why you cannot be unequally yoked. But if you got a man that's selfish, is only going to look out for himself and hadn't been raised in a, in a house with a good father. He's going to be running around like a chicken with his head cut off and telling you, you, you fend for yourself. So this is why the Bible says a man supposed to love his wife just as Christ loved the church. But if you don't know how Christ loved the church, how can you love your wife the way Christ loved the church? He gave up his life for the church. So both of them had to leave what they were familiar with. All of this represents Jesus. Jesus is the bridegroom. The church is the bride. That's how God orchestrated it to be. When you don't know how many, why in the vows do you think it said to love her, to cherish her, to protect her? See, people want to leave that out. A woman submits unto that man, shows reference to that man as she would do unto the Lord. If she got a relationship with the Lord, she ain't going to have a problem referencing that man because he's lining up with God's way. But people want to leave that out because they don't know about marriage. See, this marriage is talking about Christ being married to the church. Thank you. all When we don't know, we try to live a life outside of the word of God. All of this is referring to the church, y'all. To Christ's bride and how he's coming back for a church, for a bride without spot nor wrinkle. You know why they be up here at the or, uh, um, altar? Because it's a living sacrifice. Because your life, you have sacrificed it to Christ. It's no longer you who live, but it's Christ who lives in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see in your life hidden in him. It ain't about you trying to please your mate. When you please God, you can please your mate, people. We're trying to please one another to keep peace in the home. But if you're not doing it God's way, it's not peace in the home. You submit as unto the Lord, as unto the word of God. So when God showed me that. When he was showing me, he said, it's right here in the word of God. So what did the enemy do when God had set marriage up? See, he was setting his church up. He was showing us an ideal church. Y'all, when it's time for us to be with the Lord, it's not going to be any more marriages. He just used that as symbolic as Christ in the church. There's not any marriages in heaven. There's not. The reason why he wanted male and female to come together to repopulate the earth because he wanted him all over the earth. He wanted his way of doing all over the earth. That's why Satan is trying to kill unborn babies. He don't want no repopulation. This is why he's trying to mess up marriage because he know what God instituted in the beginning. So if he can change God's way of how a marriage should be uh, male and female instead of male and male and female and female, he know he done messed it up. That way it ain't going to be him on this earth. It's going to be Satan. And if you don't catch it, that's why he's trying to kill babies. Because he said, God is telling them, be fruitful and multiply, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That is God's plan. I want the earth full of me. But the devil say, no, I want them full of me. So I'm going to go opposite to what you want to have done. This is why people are telling people abort babies. If we tell people the truth about the way God intended for things to be, guess what? We will have more life here on this earth. This is why y'all our focus have to be on his way, not man's way of doing. So then as I was going over this teaching, God had dropped this in my spirit. He said, let me get it right because I had to write it down. He said, I want you to repeat after me. I said, okay, I'm healed. I'm hold and I'm restored. I said, okay. He said, say it again. I say, I'm healed, I'm whole and I'm restored. He said, I'm, he- say I'm healed, I'm whole and I'm restored. Let's say it again. I'm healed, I'm whole and I'm restored. Now some of us repeating after me don't know what you're saying. So I said, God, I want you to break this down. He said, you're healed and you're whole and you're restored, not because of anything you've done. He said, but it's because of what Jesus have already done. He said, if you don't know what he's already done, you're still trying to get healed. You're still trying to get whole and you're still trying to get restored. He said, heal mean you're cured, you're whole. Whole mean you're healed. Restored mean that I'm putting everything back the way I intended for it to be. He said, but the problem is already done it over 2000 years ago. And you still got people trying to get healed, trying to get whole and trying to get restored. And all of that comes in my son. So the day you marry my son, he said he already have prepared it for you. He already have done it for you. But until you get married to him and say, I do, you cannot get what he's already done. Y'all better catch it. He said, you're trying to quote scriptures to get healed. The scriptures are only reminding you that you're already healed. Y'all better catch this stuff. It's some good stuff. He said, you're trying to quote something to get something when you already got it. Let me take you back to Genesis. He said, it's a spiritual thing. He said, you already healed in your spirit. You're already made whole in your spirit. You have already been restored in your spirit. Because God said when your spirit was dead to sin, the Holy Spirit came in and he quickened your spirit. He gave life to your spirit. But if your mind ain't renewed according to what was done, you still trying to be healed, trying to get whole and trying to get restored. That's why we still have people going after man-made stuff because you trying to stay healed when you're already healed. You're trying to stay whole when you have already been made whole. You're trying to be restored when he already restored you through his son. So if you have his son, you have everything you need in your spirit. But the problem is when you don't know what's in your spirit, you're trying to obtain it in your flesh. And you're trying to put God's stamp of approval on it because you're doing it and it's not God's doing I want to ask anybody. When you read your Bible, it talks about who? God. It talks about his secret creation. It talks about what God has done. The only thing that God did was He created everything the way He wanted it to be, and He created man to carry out things on earth. We don't have to touch heaven. Ain't nothing wrong with heaven. The earth is what's tow up. This is why he said the heavens and the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth I have given to the children of men. He has given us this earth to rule and reign on his behalf, to be his representatives, to be his ambassadors, to represent him on earth. But how can I represent someone? I don't even know. I heard about him, but I don't know about him. It's one thing to hear about a person, but you need to know about that person. See, somebody can tell me about Miss Deborah and they can tell me all day long. They're preparing me concerning her. But when I sit down and talk to Miss Deborah, I can say, I don't need to go on what Teresa told me about you. I have come to know you for myself. So we need to quit trying to know people from other people. We need to sit down and take a seat. And we need to get to know the person for ourselves. This is why the woman, when she met Jesus at the well, Jesus sat with her. He talked with her. He was making himself known to her by telling her things that nobody could have known but him, but her. And after he got through talking to her, she went to tell people about this man. And when she told them about the man, they were excited about the man. They were accepting the man. But when they met the man for themselves, they said, we don't believe only what you said. We believe for ourselves because we spent time with him. I'm paraphrasing. Go back to John chapter 4. So they couldn't really come into relationship with him until they sat down and talked to him for themselves. This is what's wrong with the church. You better know who you're talking to. I'm going back to Genesis. In that garden, everything was so perfect. So perfect. Everything was so good. And the enemy said, I got to corrupt this. So how did the enemy do this? And I'm going to tell you how he did it. I want you to pay attention. When God set up everything, the enemy said, okay, how I'm going to take from them what God has set up. He said, I'm going to have to take it through deception. So what he did was he wanted to ruin that relationship. First of all, through the husband and the wife. So when he went to Eve, he had to get her to focus on the very thing that God told them not to eat from. So what the enemy does, he wants you to focus on the very thing that God is telling you. It's not good for you. So what he did, he said, did God really say? He had to start out. He had to bring in some doubt. He had to bring in some uh, confusion. Have you ever sat with someone and your mind was made up with something? And they'll say, well, did the doctor really say? Um, Did God really say that? So you sitting up there pondering. You're sitting up there reasoning in your mind. So first, he got to get you to reason. He got to get you to ponder over what God said. So when he got her to reason, and then she began to tell him exactly what God said. See, he had to hold a conversation with them. And then the more he held the conversation, he said, did God really say you cannot eat from that tree? The child wasn't paying no attention to what she could not have. Somebody got to put your eyes on something that you know you can't have. I'm going back to marriage. Why I keep going back to marriage? Because that was the first thing God instituted. That's why when you get married men and women, the devil want to put your eyes on another mate. He want to put your eyes on something else to make you feel like what you have ain't enough for you. And I'm going to tell you why you feel like what you have ain't enough for you. Because first of all, if you went into marriage not being saved, your appetite is still trying to fornicate. I'm being honest. When we say we love a person, save or unsave, we're going to run for our lives, right? But when you steady getting tempted with the same thing and you stand there looking at it and lurking over it, eventually you're going to have it. But let me give you all some wisdom, women. The ones that's laying around with other women's husbands. That same man you laying around with, you better open your eyes, they ain't left that wife. They ain't going to leave that wife. They lying to you just like Satan was lying to Eve. Making her think she, you know, the tree was all this and all that. The lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. So he's going to keep your eye on the very thing that God is telling you not to do. So when that woman thinking that that man is going to marry her, that man ain't wanting to marry neither one of them. That man is all about lust. It's all about making how I feel. It's all about James Brown. I got the feeling. That's what it's about. So you got to understand that. When you get into the word of God and the word get into you, you're going to recognize that temptation and you're going to flee from it because you're doing what God would do. So Satan kept talking to her and kept getting her eyes on that tree Till eventually he broke her down and she ate from the fruit and then she gave some to her husband. Why didn't he refuse it? Y'all. Why didn't he say no? This is why marriages are so tore up today. Think about it. If you got people in the house, both of them married for one, I use me and my husband. If my husband is standing on something, let's say something that, you know, he don't supposed to be eating. And here I am all in his face. "Mm, This is good, baby. I collect this right here. It's good. You got to taste this, baby. This is good. And I'm knowing it's against his health, but I'm steady in his face. Just, oh, baby, this is good. This is good. Come on. Little piece ain't going to hurt you. Little piece, come on, just take a little piece. That little piece might kill him. And the enemy know that, but I'm in his face. A loving wife, if I got to eat it, I would eat it in front of him. Right? Because that's what love does. So what am I saying? Adam knew what Eve was doing was wrong. The enemy knew, okay, if I get Eve to do it, Then eventually Adam is going to do it. Somebody got to take a stand in the house and say, no, you got to submit to God, God's way of doing things. You cannot do it just to please your mate when it's wrong. You got to take a stand. Adam did not take a stand. Then he blamed God for giving him the woman. You got to blame somebody. Eve blamed the serpent. The serpent didn't care, didn't worry about no blame because the serpent got what he wanted. No, Satan used the serpent. He got what he wanted. But the serpent got punished because he allowed Satan. See? So what am I telling y'all? All of us in this room have a choice. But your choice should be based on the word of God. Quit letting people influence you and tell you that this is right. When you know it's against the word of God and you agreeing with him, whomever you spend time with, that's who you become. Whoever or whatever you spend more time with, that's what you're going to become. You're going to become what they're saying. You're going to believe what they're saying. This is why the more time you spend in the word of God, you can say, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I don't receive that in the name of Jesus. That's not who God has created him. That's not who God has created her to be. I'm buying that in Jesus' name. Because the closer you get to God, you're going to recognize what's of God and what's not of God. Amen? So this is why God has given us authority against all the power of the enemy. He has given us that right to rule and reign over the enemy, over what the enemy is doing. If we don't get trained, if we don't get taught according to how we should be taught dealing with discipleship, then we out doing what we think need to be done, not according to what the word says. So he gave them authority. He gave them right to rule and reign. He gave that to us. Matthew 10.1, we went over this. I believe last week, did I mention Matthew 10.1? It says, and he called unto him his 12 disciples. He gave them power against unclean spirits. What is the unclean spirit? Anything that ain't pure. Anything that don't represent God is unclean. That's the unclean spirit. He said, cast it out. Any sin is unclean. He's given us authority over that and see the problem is we waiting on God to do something and God has turned that right over to us. God said I'm in heaven you on the earth the earth belongs to you but it's up under my authority but I'm giving you that authority. So whatever is going on in your life God is telling you you have the authority to say no you can't come in my house. You get out of my house. Now remember I said God has already healed us right. But sickness will come and try to attack us. Amen. But when we know who we are in Christ, we recognize, oh, no, not here, not today. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Headache, you go. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Migraine, go. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Every line, cold symptom, go. In the name of Jesus. COVID-19, go. In the name of Jesus. You can't stay here in Jesus' name. By Jesus' stripes, I was already healed. I am the healed of the Lord. I am who God says that I am. You rising up in your authority. You don't wait until you can't even lift your head and talk about speaking. You know when symptoms is trying to hit your body. And the Lord will forewarn you. He's forewarning you. The Holy Spirit is warning you. He's letting you know something's getting ready to knock on your door. Oh, no. In the name of Jesus. Only thing the Holy Spirit is, he reminds you. He reveals unto you. But you got to work with him. He done done his part. And say, stop. You can't touch this. I was bought with the price. See, the Holy Spirit warns you. You're eating too much of that. <laughs> Put down the fork. Mm, this is good. Eyes bulging out your head. Mm, and then at the end, out. Oh, let me say this. This is so funny. Um, we were eating oysters, um, several years ago. It was me, my brother, and we invited, um, Our dad to come over and eat with us. So we had these bushel of oysters and everybody was eating. And daddy, he knew about oysters and how to eat oysters. So I'm standing up there with all these men, you know, my brother, my husband, my dad, and we just eating. And I'm trying to figure out how to open them, but I was trying. So all of a sudden, daddy, he was eating fast. So daddy got his full and he went and sat down. So I'm staying up there with them to eat mine because I had that many. All of a sudden, daddy said, you eat too many of them oysters? They'll make you six, and they'll kill you to eat too many. Drop a fork, everything. I went and set with daddy. I was still hungry. You think my brother and my husband going to drop anything? Y'all, they finished all those oysters. That night, both of them, oh, Lord. Oh, I feel so sick. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. My husband was toe up from the floor. That showed him that his body couldn't take all that. But did he do it again? (laughs) I'm not going to say anything. Why is it that when we know what causes us to be sick, after we get over it, we go back and do the same thing. Then we plead with God again. Lord, if you heal him, he already healed you. The problem is you didn't accept his healing. God has already healed us, y'all, but we got to believe it and receive it. It's already in our spirit. But God said your spirit cannot release anything if you in your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's what got to be renewed, your mind, your will, and your emotions, so it can tap into what you already have, and then it's going to flow to your body, and then your body is going to be in alignment with what your spirit is doing and not how you feel. So if you never go into the word of God to know what you have, if you never look into the spiritual mirror to know what God has for you, you're going to come against each other. Because if I'm standing for what's right and you don't know what's right, you're going to come against me because it's not natural to you. I'm not natural. I'm supernatural people. I'm going to do it supernaturally. The the (laughs) We can't be like windshield wipers. Either you're going to stand for God or you're not. God is going to love you. He say either be hot or cold. He don't like lukewarm. He'll spool you out. What is lukewarm, y'all? Lukewarm is, hey, yeah, I believe I better do it. Because if I don't do it, this right here could happen. Or if I don't do this, this right here could happen. But if you do this, you should know what's going to happen. If you abide in him and let his word abide in you, you can ask him whatever you will and it shall be done because you're asking in Jesus name. Y'all, everything we need comes through Jesus and being that we accept that Jesus, we are heir of God, but we are joint heir with Jesus Christ as he is. So are we in this world? So whatever Jesus has, I have, I have righteousness because of Jesus. I have the fruit of the spirit because of Jesus. I have the gifts of the spirit because of Jesus. I have authority because of Jesus. It's not because of what I have done. It's because of what he has done. I can go tell a lie tomorrow, but I can step out because of Jesus and see a miracle. Cause he ain't looking at my lie. I need to repent of it though, but I'm still stepping out because I'm saying, ain't you lying? That was me. So I can still perform miracles in your name. That's why we're saved by grace y'all, but it don't give us the right to use the grace card and keep messing up when we know who we are in him. We're representing him. So we're not going to keep doing what we do when you keep doing what you do. You don't know who you are. You don't know your new identity. When we stay in a situation for 20 or 30 years, when we keep hating our heart, when we keep unforgiveness and grudges and offense, we don't know really who we are. And we won't rise up in that authority. It starts with us first knowing who we are. That's why Jesus spent so much time with these disciples. He had to train them. And even when he trained them, Come on, flesh still come in even with Peter. Remember, he denied him three times. But look at Peter. Peter stood in the midst of the crowd. He spoke boldly. They knew change have come to Peter. So yes, God know that we're going to fall at times. But God also know we're going to rise up too. We don't stay in the same situation, y'all. When we're in him and he's in us, we do what he would do according to the word, not according to how we feel. It's not about your feelings. It's about the real you in the spirit. So you got to go into the word of God and find what God is saying concerning that situation. And even though your flesh don't like it, you got to do it. Why God, I don't like it, but to kill this flesh, this is why he says, go to Romans 12. We're so familiar with this, but some things that we say we're familiar with, we're not doing. Because Romans 12 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know how you do it? Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is how your body, this is how you make your body a living sacrifice, acceptable, holy unto God. The more you renew your mind to the word of God, to the things that God want, your body will be a living sacrifice. Your body will be living a holy life that's acceptable unto him. But the more you conform to this world, that's what people going to see. They're going to see more of the world than they're seeing him. God want people to see him through you. And the only way they can do it is by you, by me, getting into the word of God, the word of life, and knowing what we have. When we know what we have, we can live according to what we have. When we grow up as children, our parents try to teach us the right way. Some parents do try to teach us the right way. Even when They're not living rightly. They want us to live rightly. You know, sometimes I would, um, like growing up with my children, things they could not watch on TV. Before I knew Christ, I would let them watch all these scary movies. I would let all this stuff be playing in the house and all of this foolishness. But when I got to know him and, you know, God sent people my way to tell me about witchcraft and to tell me about how you let evil in your house. And as my eyes began to open, I remember Jeremy, that jolly green giant, when he was a little, he couldn't sleep in his room. He had a fear. And it was so funny because my daughter would get up and go with him to the bathroom. Come on, Jeremy. She was that little. You remember, Jeremy? Uh Uh-huh. So Jeremy was afraid, and I began to pray. And I said, Lord, why is my son so afraid like this? And I, I think, Jeremy, you remember this. You remember Dragon Ball Z? I used to come home for work and to have time with my son, I would say, come on, Jeremy, let's watch Dragon Ball Z. What's that term he be saying? And I'd be trying to say it with you. So I would do that to have that time with my son. Did not know I was putting curses in my house. So when I found out about it and I began to pray, the Lord said, go in Jeremy's room. And clean his room. And I'm like, Lord, this room already clean. He said, I want you to go do a thorough cleaning in his room. When I went in Jeremy's room, I saw the Dragon Ball Z to- toys I bought him, the videos, all this stuff I had bought him. God said, throw it away. He said, I want you to throw it away, and I want you to cleanse his room. I want you to speak over his room. And I changed around his room, got all the stuff out of his room. And I remember that night, Jeremy went in his room, and he slept. Why? Because I did what God told me to do. He said, you let an evil in your son's room and that evil is playing with his mind. Then it was a time, y'all, that when we was going through financially, this lady had given my son some shirts, nice shirts. And I was so excited. I'm like, wow, um, these are some nice shirts. But then one day I found out, see, God will let you know. The shirts were stolen. I didn't know. But God allowed somebody to let me know about the stolen merchandise. I said, oh, Jesus, and I got it on my son. So I took my son's shirts. I could have given them away, but I didn't do it. At that time, y'all, I was a young person in Christ. So I burnt them. I sent my husband out there to burn them. Jeremy said, Mama, why are you burning my clothes? You remember? Barn fire. See, because I said, oh, no, I ain't giving nobody else. If I know they stolen, why would I put a thief in somebody else's house? So I was teaching Jeremy these things, and I know he remembered this. I bought Jeremy a lot of video games and stuff like that. I was pulling them out. What I do with them, Jeremy? Break them in the garage. Why? I love my son. I love him that much, even if he hated me. As for me and this house, we're going to serve the Lord. And Jeremy knows, and I remember, Scooby-Doo. How many like Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo, where are you? So that produced fear. So I would not let my children watch it. So when they would go over daddy's, and they turn on the cartoon channel, and daddy was trying to find them something, they told daddy, my mama don't let us watch this. My mama and daddy don't let us watch this. Train a child in the way you want them to go. So people may say, that don't make no sense. It make good sense to me. Games that bring violence, that bring cursing, that rappers speak death. Listen to their music. They're speaking death. They're speaking curses on themselves. We let our children listen to that rap music. That's why you see all these killings because it get in their head when they get mad and they see what they heard. Faith come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. And if you allow this in your home through music, and some people say, well, they're in their room. Who paying the bill? They ain't got no job. That's why you're supposed to take what they have and put parental what on it? What you call it? Guidance, control. See, what we do, we leave them to their self because we we having a bad day. Well, they in their room. You can listen to it, but don't turn it up. They're going to turn up and turn out on you you're going to be wondering where did they get this potty mouth? Where did they get this from? You didn't hear me doing all this cussing in this house. What are they listening to? And you know what hurt us the most when we find something in their room and we begin to listen. Oh my child. It was all oh, your child when you were letting them listen to it. We cannot have children as friends. We got to let them know this is why I do what I do because I love you. When that Jeremy over there would get his butt beat all the time. I know I would have him sometime running from his daddy. Run, Jeremy. He'd been undone something, y'all. He'd been undone something. And I want to attack him. But I said, wait till your daddy get home. So look, this boy fooled me. I thought I was whooping. y'all. Oh, I thought I was spanking him good. I felt good. You know what he told me years later? Mommy, I just faked it. I, I just let you spank me because I know if daddy got me, it was going to be worse. So he played me, but I was beating him, not beating him, but spanking him. Cause some people say, Oh, you beat your sign. They should have called social services. That's why some kids are like, they are because you're turning them to the corner and they're playing with imaginary friends. Get in the corner. They love getting in that corner. Hey Sam, I'm back today. How you doing, Sam? I enjoy coming to the corner. When you spare the rod, everybody have a way of discipline, but corners ain't working no more. You got little kids with guns ready to shoot you. Yeah. We have to love them, and we love them enough to spank them. Sometimes spankers don't work. Kids are getting so bold now, they let you spank them and then go back and do the same thing. You know what you got to do? You got to cast them out. That's unclean spirit. Come here. In the name of Jesus, you come out of my child. Mommy, you talking to me? No, nope. I'm talking to the spirit that's using you. Come out in the name of Jesus. Y'all better know the difference. There is a difference. But when you raise a child the right way, you don't have to discipline them the way that you used to discipline either because they know you did it out of love each time we would spank our children we would sit them down and say do you know why we spank you we would not leave them with a question in their head feeling like we just did it for no reason today that's how my son do his children do you know why I spanked you I remember one time my husband spanked Ariel some people say he spanked Ariel not surely not Ariel yes Ariel and he spanked her she cried just a little. The next time he got hold to her, she said, "You never spanked me like that before? It was harder." <laughs> mm-hmm. Daddy and them didn't like that. They she knew to call his number. Anything we didn't do, she called their number. And I'm like, you got to hang up the phone. So what am I saying, y'all? We got to rise up in authority in our home. We got to ask the Lord, why is my children out of control like they are? Have you checked what you're buying them? Y'all, they got videos that's showing you how to kill people and hide the body. Y'all didn't know? And your kids is watching it. We leave them in the room all day long. They quiet, all right. They real quiet, but they doing something. They ain't got no business. And you wondering why they're not getting in trouble. They don't have to go outside to get in trouble. They can get in trouble on a game inside the house. A boy set up a murder inside his home and wasn't there. And they found out that it come from this boy home. Sent a cop to somebody home that was watching TV with their child. The cop killed the man because the bottle broke in the floor. And he thought the man was breaking the bottle to kill him. The girl lost her daddy through a game. This is no game. This is why the more time we spend with God and we see God's way of doing, God will show you what's in your house. He'll show you what to do with what's in your house through his word because his word has power. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Do you believe that? We say, yes, we believe that, but as soon as something be moving in our house, we ready to run. The greater one is in you. He wants you to let the greater one out of you. How do you let it out? Through speaking. You got to speak to whatever's coming at you. You don't rule and reign here. Christ rule and reign here in the name of Jesus. That's what we do, that's what we say. So that's why we have to know what discipleship is. They had to be taught all of these things before they could be sent out. They were disciples first before they got a title of apostle. An apostle is one sent. So we got to understand the difference. It ain't about you having a title. It's about you first of all knowing your identity, knowing who he is, knowing who you are. Because you can carry a title just like you can carry a gun. But if you don't know how to work the gun, it ain't going to do you no good. It ain't gun that guns that kill people. It's people that kills pe- people. So we got to understand if you don't know how to work what you have, it does you no good. You in your bed crying. Oh, my husband don't love me. I believe he got another woman. Why don't you seek the Lord while he can be found and say, what's wrong with my husband? Why my husband turning on me? Holy Spirit will tell you through discerning the spirits. He'll tell you what house they at. He'll tell you how much they paid at the hotel, motel, holiday inn. And when he get back to the house and try to say, hey baby, how you doing? How's Hilton doing? Who's Hilton? How's room 105 doing? Oh my God. Who told you? Nothing but the Holy Ghost. Y'all, it works. It works. It does. The more time you spend with him, you don't have to hire a private eye. You got one in you. And he stick closer to you than any brother. He'll never leave you, nor shall he forsake you. Amen. So let's get to know our authority. Let's get to know our rights. Because guess what? When you go to court, And you got to stand before a judge. That's why you get an attorney. Because you got to know what you have the right to do. What you don't have the right to do. And you ain't going to get up in front of that judge. And tell him what he's going to do. But God can change his heart. Because truth will always prevail. God's word is his final authority y'all. So we got this far with using authority. And God is showing you how to forsake yourselves. How to disown yourselves, how to crucify your flesh and take up your cross. You can't even take up your cross until you get you out the way. And church, it's time for us to get us out the way. We have people dying before time. And it don't, death don't mean nothing no more. Oh, another one bite the dust. Oh, but it don't have to be that way. When we take the time and begin to speak those things that be not as though they were. When we take the time to begin to bind and loose because we got the keys to the kingdom, that's when change will come. Amen. So say, I am healed. I am whole. I am restored. I am healed. I am whole. I am restored spiritually, physically, emotionally, and mentally. I am healed. I am whole. I am restored. Outside what I see. Outside of how I feel. It does not change who I am now that I'm in Christ. Give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah to his name. Hallelujah. Yo, I like how Brother Manny stood behind his wife and said, try it track and Julia just blushing. She just a blushing cause she know her man got her back. How many know in marriages we women are come here, come here. Now you know, they ain't right. Then when somebody else say something, you don't talk to my husband like that, but what gives us the right to put them down? Cause it's in the atmosphere. When we open in our mouths at home, we ain't doing nothing but giving the enemy leverage for somebody else to talk them down like that. That's why we got to close the doors in our homes and say, you know what? I said what was right, but it's the way I said it. Forgive me. Let's talk about it. Close the door in your home because you just letting evil come out of your home and people are attacking your mate with your mouth. You started the fire. Put it out. Amen. Can we have our announcements at this time?